The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door. Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Welcome. And uh, this, in case you're wondering, is the Ascended Masters online radio from the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm not Terry Kennedy. <laughs> no, you're not. You know, for everyone who does not know the sound of your voice, and they certainly should by now, you are the one and only Sidney Bennett. What can I do without you, Tom? <laughs> yes, I'm Sidney Bennett, filling in for Terry Kennedy. And our topic today is... Okay, getting right down to business. That's good. Um, today's topic is keep on keeping on, staying on the spiritual path. And is this our usual custom, uh, just to skip the preamble and jump right in, shall we? Ready when you are. Okay. The spiritual path. Now, we realize that not everyone may want a spiritual path, but everyone's soul sure does need one. I agree. And that's what makes this a really good topic. Because just wanting a spiritual path is only part of the equation. <laughs> yeah. Staying on your own chosen spiritual path, as we know, Tom, can often be the biggest challenge. Well, you know, speaking for myself, I can certainly attest to the truth of that. Staying constant on any spiritual path requires commitment, diligence, humility, patience, endurance. <laughs> well, you know, we... Like it to training for a marathon. Oh, yeah. We know that to do well and fi- do well and finish strong in a marathon, we have to train. Yeah. We have to put in the miles, so to speak. Running a successful marathon simply will not happen by itself. You know, nor will anything else worth doing. You know, great performances don't just happen. You know, I think we can stretch this, if you allow me, a marathon an- analogy a little bit more. Go for it. <laughs> because life is like a marathon, and it's up to us to determine how fast or how slow we want to take it and certainly how we want or hope to finish, <laughs> yeah. all of which is largely determined by our preparation and training, by our commitment, as well as by our desiring and willingness to endure whatever we have to endure in order to be successful and reach our goals. Yeah, as the Ascended Masters like to say, may we pass all our tests. And in the long marathon of our soul's journey back to the heart of God, we've no doubt had to endure many tests and trial, and there may be a few to come, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I suspect one or two more. Well, you know, so again... Why do we choose to follow a spiritual path in the first place? And I think the answer to that question can be found precisely in what you just said a moment ago. We choose a spiritual path because we know at some level of our being that our souls want to go home. Our souls desire with utmost intensity to return to the one true source of all love and light, to the allness of God, and not to be lost in that magnificent allness either, but to be found and made whole in it. Boy. A spiritual path becomes our roadmark, our spiritual GPS, a guide to avoiding the pitfalls, blind alleys, and dead ends 
that often characterize the journey through life. Yeah, you know, so naturally we want a spiritual path that we can trust, one that provides unerring directions to our final destination. And, of course, this is where things can get a little tricky. Oh, boy. (laughs) How do you know when a path is true and when it isn't? Well, there are many paths out there. We all know that. Yeah. All of them forged and promoted by true believers, all of them purporting to be the way to the summit of being. All who support these beliefs are sincere and firm in the conviction that their path is the best. Yeah. But again, remember that they all have ultimately the same goal. That's true. Getting back to God. Getting back to God. You know, so as we do it, delve into this subject a bit more, let's be very clear about our own bias. We do not follow any one religion at the Summit Lighthouse. Rather, we follow the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters, who are the saints, sages, and mystics of East and West. And their teachings embody the truths found in all major religions. Yeah. Now, that being said, it really doesn't prove anything, but does <laughs> amplify one very key point. There is truth to be found in all of the world's great spiritual paths, and it is ultimately up to each of us to find the road that is most compatible with our own soul. Mm-hmm. And no one can truly know what is right for you except you. <laughs> you must follow your own inner wisdom, the inward proppings of your conscience and desires of your heart, all the while praying for the discernment of God that you don't make any mistakes. <laughs> yeah, may we pass all our tests. Yeah. Well, you know, if you don't mind, Sid, would you describe a bit of your own personal search for God and how your spiritual journey has unfolded? Sure. I think like many of us growing up, you know, I wanted the answers of life. You know, what's going on here? Who am I? What am I doing here? You know, the questions we ask every week. And I can remember my family attended a Pentecostal church when I was growing up in junior high and early part of high school. And they were very dear souls and very sincere. But, you know, I said, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more. So I started going around by myself. Once I got my driver's license, I went to all the churches and Mm -hmm. synagogues and religious movements, every place I could find looking for the truth. And I came across a book by on it. Edgar Casey, and of course, as we all know, <laughs> yeah. one of his core teachings is karma and reincarnation. Yeah. That made so much sense to me. It explains things. You know, otherwise, it seems like a chaotic universe. Why am I born here? Why is someone born in China? Why is someone born blind? Etc. Etc. Is there any order in the universe? And once I got into karma and reincarnation, it started to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I kept looking and looking. And I can remember praying, saying to God, you know, I want to know the truth. You know, when we make that prayer, we've got to be ready for it. Yeah, Because no what happens is when some people get the truth, they don't want it. Well, it's uh, sweeter in the tongue, bitter in the belly. Exactly. It's where I've been changed. But long story short, I ended up going to college in Colorado, and I was reading and searching, and someone told me about the Summit Lighthouse in Colorado Springs. And I had the privilege of going there. I met Mark Prophet. Oh, boy. Many years ago. <laughs> and, you know, I heard these teachings, and I knew they were true. Yeah. But it was kind of overwhelming, to tell you the truth, because I thought, boy, um, the search is over. <laughs> and you know what happens is some people, the search becomes their life. Yeah. yeah. And they, and they forget to, 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 to find, when they find truth to stop there because it's easier to keep on searching. But anyway, uh, that was the beginning <clears throat> of my journey with the Summer Light House and the Path of the Ascended Masters. And you know, once I got these teachings, you know, and I thought, boy, it's courage to start these because oh, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a joyous thing, but it's, it's challenging too. And I made myself a promise, Tom, and I said, I don't know whether I'm going to make my ascension in this life. But I promise to myself, if I don't make it, it won't because I didn't. Won't be because I didn't try. Yeah, well, and so that's been forty years almost ago, and wow. uh, here we are. Well, thank you. And what I about you? Well, I <laughs> I was raised Catholic, and I remember being very inspired to become a priest. And I ended up going to a seminary in California for a couple of years. And when I left that seminary, I remember my mother, who was very disappointed, said. How come you're leaving? What's wrong with this path? And I said, Mom, <laughs> said I don't know how, why I know this, but my God is bigger than the church. And she, of course, was 
speechless for the first time in her <laughs> life, I think. Um, but then from that point on, I literally realized that for me it was true. I was searching beyond the boundaries of the religion, and I went to, oh gosh, I mean, I Ching, Buddhism, um, Course in Miracles, all kinds of different things, meditation, transcendental meditation. I was introduced to these teachings in 1969, and it took me until 1995 to say yes. So my pride got in my way a lot, but it was until then, uh, you know, I, I just had to go through what I went through. My path was very twisted and, and tortured in some ways, but when I got these teachings and I finally understood what they really meant to me, the whole crazy quilt suddenly made sense. It just, everything came into view, came into focus, and it was really quite beautiful. You're ready to make the commitment. Well, same as you. Yeah. I was ready to make that commitment. I don't want this to be uh, a wasted opportunity. Yeah. You know, and that was really the key. Um you know, as my own spiritual desires became clear to me, I, I remember determining that I wanted to make my ascension and finally graduate from a schoolroom. Then having a clear idea of my goal and destination, I could apply one simple test to whatever came my way. And I put this in the form of a simple question. Will this, whatever it was I was considering, get me there? I became determined to not waste time and energy on anything that didn't support my ultimate goal. And, of course, that's a little simplistic, but it serves me well most of the time in keeping focused. And that's something we all need to remember. At the outset of today's program, we told you that our focus was staying on the spiritual path. Not getting there, but staying there. <laughs> yeah. That's the test. Focus on a goal is certainly one of the key ingredients. Another is endurance. I, and what a big one that is. I mean, things don't always go smoothly on the spiritual path. In fact, things can suddenly, without warning, seem to go terribly wrong. We get knocked off our rails, sometimes for a short period, sometimes for many lifetimes. So we need patience and endurance to see us through the rough patches and tight spots. And you, you know, Tom, El Moria, the Ascended Master, said you only have to get up one more time than you fall to make <laughs> your ascension. Yeah. So it's encouraging. Yeah. You know, there's no guarantees that we'll get through the other side. But there is one very essential ingredient that we always must always have to help us reach our goal. Faith. Yeah. Trust is another word. Yeah. When we are beset by trials and tribulations, our commitment may be shaken and our determination may waver. And we may be stretched to the very limits of our endurance. But above all, we have to keep our faith. You know, we have made many, many rounds on the cycles of life and the wheel of karma. We've been rich and we've been poor. We've been victor. We've been vanquished. You know, we've been well and ill, acclaimed and, acclaimed and forgotten, loved and abandoned. We have literally seen it all, done it all. And our souls are ready to finally reach escape velocity and climb the heavens towards oneness with God. I think we know that, don't we? It's uh, our time. It's all about taking advantage of these precious opportunities to grow and transcend ourselves. And our faith must be equal to challenge. For who knows when this opportunity will come again? Oh, my gosh. You know, strike while the iron's hot, as they say, and take advantage of the opportunity in front of you. You know, when we were sharing a bit about our personal journeys a few moments ago, I was reminded of how vital it is to have way showers and role models on the spiritual path. The ascended masters fill the bill perfectly. You know, they do, Tom. And later on the program, I want to share something that happened to me in Africa that really uh, portrayed this so clearly to oh, me. good, yeah. But, you know... Of course, many have chosen the example of Jesus well, as one to follow. Yeah, as well they should. But they have not fully understood his message and mission. Jesus came to show us the way to personal Christhood as he himself demonstrated, just as Buddha demonstrated the path to oneness with God. Yeah, all of the great masters of East and West have walked where we walk. They've lived lives as we live, faced the same challenges we face. And they made it, so we know that we can too. And I think we need to make sure it's clear that very central to this whole discussion of finding and staying on a spiritual path is what we were just saying only a few moments ago. The spiritual path is more than just an option. It's an opportunity. Yeah, and it must be our personal mission to recognize this opportunity, seize it, and make the most of it. And like we said, who knows when another opportunity will come our way? 
Of course, who knows how many opportunities we've already had. I can only guess. <laughs> we may not know or remember where we've been, but it's likely we've had other opportunities to turn and focus to the light. Regardless now, mm-hmm. our turn has come again, and another opportunity has presented itself. And the question will be to each one of us, what will we do with this? Will we turn away, or will we accept it and go for it? Yeah, or, or in other words, or what will we do without it? Yeah. It's human nature to seek comfort and safety, and the spiritual path has a tendency to expose rather than hide those places in our lives that are less than whole. We may appear to have it pretty good. We may think we're already living the good life. So why mess that up by complicating it with the spiritual path? Well, some of them get pretty austere, we hear. Well, you know, not necessarily all, but true enough, the, the, the path is taught by the ascended masters is not entirely monastic, it is not severe, and it does not require immediate wholesale changes in our lives or lifestyles. But it is complete and it is practical. Yeah. God meets us where we are. And once you've found it, as I found out, it's hard to ignore. Well, it's hard to unknow what you know. It's hard to forget the unforgettable. Don't forget that though you may not be aware of it on the outside, your soul has been yearning for spiritual liberation and is true immortal inheritance for eons. And this is a longing that just won't leave you alone. You know, it's like an itch that you just have to scratch. And your soul will simply not be happy and fulfilled until its deepest needs are met. While this yearning may sound insistent and demanding, it leads to a truly joyous freedom. Because in the fullest expression of your soul, you become one with God. You become unlimited and freed from the emotional, physical, and mental gravity of our dear planet Earth. So whatever earthly comfort you may feel you have now, it is only a shadow of your true birthright. And that probably sums up why it is so important to keep on keeping on as you and your soul follow the path back to God. It is your birthright to be one with God and to co-create with Him. You know, the Ascended Masters tell us over and over again that the goal of life is the ascension. And it is in this process that we become once and for all immortal and free. And this is what we give up when we choose to remain in the mundane density of our earthly comforts. Whether we're conscious of it or not, we all yearn to be truly free. You know, we must choose this freedom. Our free will is always in play, and neither God nor the angels nor the masters will ever contravene our free will choices. Mm, I almost wish they would sometimes. (laughs) It would save us a lot of grief. But it was our free will that got us here, and it is our free will that will help us find our way home. So, a quick recap. We were created one with God in the beginning. By choice, we left the bliss of our home with God and began an unimaginably long journey through time and space through the density of human existence. Yeah, well, I think at this point, it's time we took a little break. We'll come right back and uh, continue this discussion. Thank you. Okay. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible 
so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And welcome back, everyone. Um, In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet offers simple truths for living extraordinary lives and delved into the essential meaning of the spiritual path. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. Would you tell us how the life of Jesus relates to our life today? The life that God has given to us is a life that is intended to be used by our soul to attain that reunion with the inner self. All else is extraneous and subject to that one goal. If we don't make it in this life, we come again. The soul puts on a new set of coats of skins, or a new force field, and returns once again to the scenes of Earth. This is why Earth is so familiar to us. It's because we've been evolving here for thousands and thousands of years. Life, then, is the path of initiation. Jesus, in his great love for the people of Earth, came to show us how we could follow the path of initiation and precisely in one lifetime, one concluding lifetime, return to the heart of God as he did in the ritual of the ascension. When we see, then, the life of Jesus as a life marking the stations of our own individual initiation, we look at the birth of the Christ as the sign of the birth of our own Christ consciousness. When we determine to manifest the Father-Mother God and to bring forth that Christ light. We have the decision of Jesus to be about his Father's business. We have his decision to discourse with the doctors in the temple to expound upon the law. And then from the age of 12 to 30, he is preparing for his final three years. One of the first initiations is the ritual of baptism, a very important initiation in which there is the cleansing of that substance or energy misqualified, and the consecration of the soul to the will of God. We have his transfiguration before the disciples. We see his crucifixion, his resurrection. And between the transfiguration and the crucifixion, he works many miracles so-called as demonstrations of the science which we must one day prove. The fact of the matter is that we must affirm that we are being transfigured every day, that we are experiencing the resurrection every day, that we are ascending even by a tiny, tiny increment. Each day we are drawing closer and closer to that energy force field that is the white fire core of the atom of self. The mantras which we were considering last week continue with this acceleration of consciousness. When these heart, head, and hand decrees are given in order one finds that with each successive mantra, 
one has a greater degree of light, and as one becomes more sensitive, one actually feels this light building within his own body. One can begin to feel the burning in the heart which the disciples felt on the road to Emmaus when they were near the Master but did not recognize him. The burning energy of the heart is the expansion of the threefold flame, and it is the sacred fire actually consuming the misqualified energies of fear and hatred and impure motive which often surround the heart. The one then pursuing the initiation of the transfiguration gives the following mantra. I am changing all my garments, old ones, for the bright new day. With the sun of understanding I am shining all the way. I am light within without, I am light is all about. Fill me, free me, glorify me, seal me, heal me, purify me. Until transfigured they describe me, I am shining like the sun, I am shining like the sun. There is a tremendous joy in this mantra of the transfiguration because it represents an influx of light whereby the very cells, the physical cells of our bodies, begin to be filled with light and to have impurities, physical as well as mental and emotional toxins flushed out. The joy of giving these mantras is a joy of becoming God. Where is the place for right living? Right living is one of the requirements of the Eightfold Path of the Buddha. And right living means being obedient to the inner self. For thousands of years, people have rebelled against the laws of God because they have felt that they were imposed from without as a yoke and as a burden. And this rebellion against that which is outside of oneself is really the folly, the ultimate folly of rebelling against one's own being, one's own true self. Moses received the Ten Commandments. Jesus gave us a new commandment. We have received the code of living from all of the great gurus. Confucius' teaching was a very practical wisdom for everyday life. This is really what the great masters have come to show us, how to live on earth and yet to remain in God. And it was to follow a few simple precepts, love thy neighbor as thyself, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. So right living means being obedient to our own individual religion, the way that we have been brought up, whether we are followers of Mohammed or Zarathustra, or Confucius, Lao Tzu, or Mother Mary, we must remember that the basic precepts taught to us of honesty and right living are a proper and necessary matrix for the science of alchemy that comes with the Holy Spirit. So the science of the spoken word is in no way a substitute for moral rectitude. Well, in fact, if the science of the spoken word is used without the correction of our way of life, it will not be effective because the law will not work for those who are out of alignment with that law. If we steal, if we kill, if we partake of substances that we ought not to partake of, then we find ourselves depriving ourselves of the benefits of this pure energy of the word. Is the science of the spoken word useful in taking care of all the little habits and negative traits most of us are plagued by? You know, that's a very interesting question. Lord Maitreya, known as the coming Buddha, answered that question 
in an article which he wrote called The Overcoming of Fear Through Decrees. He said Paul expressed the dilemma of these subconscious motivations and momentums when he said, The good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Maitreya says, What can we do to protect ourselves from evil intent and evil action, which we find manifesting within ourselves and in the world at large? And he answers the question by talking about the discipline of the controlled use of energy through the science of the spoken word. Maitreya compares the momentum of habit to a coil of an electromagnet wound around its core. The number of times that the coil is wound around the core determines the power of the habit and its momentum. The breaking of that momentum can be accomplished through the use of the science of the spoken word, and the number of times that the habit is engaged in determines its strength. Correspondingly, as we give the mantras, we break the power of habit, and Maitreya says, instead of unwinding the coil turn by turn, we break right through the entire force field of that coil, and the habit is broken by the power of God through the science of the spoken word. What exactly is meant by the term initiation? Initiation is the testing of the soul. It is God's way of determining how we will use the gift of free will. Temptation comes before us, we have to make a decision. To walk the path of honor or to walk the path of the compromise of truth. As soon as we demonstrate that we are just stewards of the law and of the abundance of God, God gives us more. He makes us caretakers of others and of larger fields of energy, more abundance, more supply, more responsibility on earth. Every day we are receiving initiations, and every day we are sending a message to our I Am Presence of whether or not we are worthy to be counted as joint heirs of the Christ Consciousness. Are we worthy to inherit this Christ mind, this mind of the Buddha, this mind of Confucius? It is ours for the overcoming, but we have to pay a price, and that price is to follow the inner law and to be obedient to the inner voice. So one progresses on the path by demonstrating one's faithfulness and one's courage and so forth. If thou wilt be faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many. The path of initiation is the only way that God has of determining whether we are ready for an increase of light, of the Holy Spirit, of graces, and of the keys, and there are inner keys that are transferred to the individual by the ascended masters and by his own inner self as he passes his tests. And these keys are the very keys that we would have, the keys to the mastery of the science of matter as well as the science of spirit. Such as? Well, the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. We have talked about a mantra that could be used to attain the abundance of God. But there are further keys behind that mantra from which that mantra comes. These are not lawful for us to give on the radio or even to write in books because this is the key that is imparted to the individual by the master himself. There is an old saying that goes, When the pupil is ready, the teacher appears. When we show that we are ready, 
because we have been faithful over a few things, we have been willing to discipline our lives and our energies, then we find that the Ascended Masters approach us. And as they come, either through a book, through a person, through a teaching, through hearing about this science of the spoken word, then we begin to pursue the Master. We begin to say, I am going to do what that Master says because I want to be like him. And so we begin demonstrating these techniques and we find that in our own heart of hearts, God speaks to us and gives us the key of life. Is everybody being initiated? Everyone is being initiated. Earth is a schoolroom. The moment you get out of bed in the morning, your initiation begins and it doesn't stop till you retire at night. Everybody is making the decision hour by hour to be or not to be in reality, in truth, or in God. That everybody who is being initiated is on the path. Well, the path means the path of the ascension. Now, that is the goal of life for everyone, but there are a number of tests and a number of challenges that must be met before one can say one is actually a part of the path of the overcomers who are tied to the Ascended Masters and who are daily pursuing the law of balancing of karma and fulfilling one's dharma or one's duty to be oneself. Thank you very much. Indeed, thank you very much. Up next, our weekly Q&A. Please stay with us. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And yes, indeed, we're back. And today, once again, Sydney Bennett and I will be handling the Q&A. Well, actually, I've got the Q part. Sydney's got the A part. 
But, you know, before we get to the Q's and the A's, I'd like to finish one train of thought we were developing in our opening segment. And it's all about the magnitude of this opportunity that we have been given to finally get it right. You know, as our journeys have progressed, many of us have awakened to a deep soul longing to find our way back home. And over time, you know, we've been given opportunities to fulfill this longing to return to our heavenly home. But, yeah. Tom, if I may, yeah. we haven't taken advantage of the opportunity many times. No, it hasn't. And now again, another opportunity has presented itself. And, and how do you know that? Well, because there are no accidents. You have chosen to be here in this precise moment to hear this precise message. This is your opportunity. And you know, it even comes with a map. The Ascended Master's teachings are an excellent roadmap. Well, and we could all benefit from having a good roadmap to help us choose the right road home. Of course, we believe we found that in the teachings of the Ascended Masters. And it is perfectly okay if you agree or disagree with that. That's right. Our intention is simply to make a case for choosing a spiritual path that works for you, and is proven, I might add, and sticking to it. Yeah, keep on keeping on, because your patience and constant endurance will one day pay off in a big way. That's right. Yeah. Now, a spiritual path is often misunderstood as a solo journey, something we each end up doing alone. But isn't it the truth that we've actually got plenty of help that we definitely should take advantage of? Well, i got two things to say about that, Tom. The first is, <laughs> Only if, two? We, if we didn't need help, <laughs> why are we still here? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously we need some help. The second thing, and I'll tell you a quick story. Sure. I worked in Africa after college for a number of years. I did, got, somehow got it in my head, I'm sure the masters put it there, that I was supposed to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh, boy. <laughs> and you know, that's almost 20,000 feet. Yeah. So I had no money, of course, like anybody else. So I got in with a group of other people who had no money. So we, we decided to go up the mountain. But the key is when you, the last day before you get to the summit, uh, you leave about midnight. So you can get up at the summit at dawn. That's mm-hmm. so cute. Well, of course, it was pitch black. It was freezing cold. We couldn't see where we were going, but we had guides. And there was a guide in front of us, a guide in back of us. And I can tell you, we never would have made it up that mountain without those guides. And the one in front would sing, and the one in the back would respond. So we knew where they were all the time, even though we couldn't see. At the same time we did this, it was in the paper about a guy that tried to climb it on his own, and literally he froze to death. Mm. So we did make it up the mountain, but we realized we couldn't have done it without the guides. And i got to add one more thing, and that's good. Soon after I returned from Africa, the first volume of Climb the Highest Mountain was published. (laughs) And even in my density, I could put two and two together. Well, you were were getting it clear. (laughs) Well, you know, as we're developing the idea of help on the path, I think it's good to remind everyone that we have to ask for the help. We have to make our petitions, our prayers to those who help we seek, whose help we seek, because our free will is something that neither the angels nor the ascended masters will ever violate. It seems as if there might be times when free will could be seen as a curse as much as a blessing. Well, it is. It is a blessing. We may think it's hard sometimes, but we have to remember that God has some fundamental laws. And one of those laws is the law of octaves. God will not and the angels will not interfere in this octave, this physical plane, unless we ask them to. Because we've been given the footstool kingdom to take dominion over. So if you want help, you have to ask God and the angels to be with you. They're yearning to help you. And we've even shared before how the angels are encamped on the hillside and they have nothing to do because people aren't asking them mm-hmm. to, inter- to do things for them and to intercede in the planet. So that's number one. And secondly, you know, free will is never a curse because otherwise we'd be robots. You know, <laughs> That's right. somebody pulling the strings. And, you know, the forces of darkness want to make us robots. Exactly. But God doesn't want that. He wants us to be, a, by our own free will, to choose to fulfill the destiny he has, he has, he wants us to, to fulfill and the plan for our lives. And it's, it may seem a mundane point, but, but God does not meddle in the affairs of men. I and mean, he is there by invitation. He is there by our free will choice. 
but he's not simply there playing No, I mean, master. the law of karma, which is another law, you know, works and it acts. And so the things that come back on people's lives or on the planet, which think, oh, God, why are you allowing things to happen, are simply another law of the universe coming full circle. Yeah. And so let's not blame God for our problems. Let's take accountability for them and use the tools that God and the Ascended Masters have given us to stand, face, and with his help, conquer. Yeah, and I, 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 I get that, and I think that it raises another question. Can we suspend our free will? I mean, theoretically, it would seem that we can. It is free will, after all. But might this invite disaster? Well, I, I don't <laughs> think God wants us to suspend, suspend our free will. I think he wants to submit to his will mm-hmm. freely and willingly. And that's not really giving up your free will, because every day when we wake up, we have a choice. Are we going to follow the path of God? Are we going to live in the right action and right uh, livelihood and so forth, as Mrs. Prophet was talking about? Are we going to be the servant of God? And so we, we, we don't give up or suspend our free will. Now, there are forces that want us to do that, or even by default to do that. In other words, if we're so caught up in music and jobs and TV and movies and things of this world that can distract us, in a way we are suspending our free will mm-hmm. because it, it's the open door for the force of darkness to keep us from God. Yeah. And, and things that, other things that, that uh, are good for us. Well, not my will, but thine be done. Absolutely. You know, angels and elementals were created by God to serve us. Do they have free will? Well, we know they do, Tom, because a third of heaven fell with the fallen angels. Yeah. So, you know, that is a, the, the earmark of God's creation is free will, and life has free will, and that is the greatest gift of God besides life itself. You know, now I'm going to change directions on you here for a moment um, by turning to the soul. Is the soul immortal, or does it in some way achieve immortality? Our soul is not immortal until we become one with God through the ascension. And this is so important to understand because it it states that we must choose a path to get where we need to be for immortality. It's not just accepting Jesus as your Savior. It's becoming one with your God presence, with your Holy Christ self. It is allowing your soul to rise up and to become one with that Christ consciousness, that I am presence. That is how you achieve immortality. So the soul is not immortal. Uh We must earn, through God's help, that immortality. Okay, Uh, we've been talking about the soul's yearning to return home to God's heart. But does everyone have a soul? You know, Tom, this is a kind of a tough subject, and we've talked about it in the past. Every person, every soul created by God, that's, if you will, has a soul. <laughs> in other words, when God made us, he gave us a soul. We have talked in the past about genetic engineering and manipulation that's gone on on this planet in ages past. where um, Like Atlantis. Like Atlantis, mm-hmm. and, and aliens from another system of worlds came and literally they engaged in genetic engineering and created individuals as slave labor that did not have a soul or a threefold flame. Can they acquire the threefold flame? Well, they can. I mean, it seems hard to believe, but God is so gracious that even though he did not create them, if they prove by their service and their diligence and their love, then they can be granted a threefold flame. Now, I understand that uh, the the threefold flame and the soul are not the same, but both are, are granted, both are given. Um, they have to be in some way perhaps earned. Well, when you're born, uh, the threefold flame is ignited within your heart. Your soul is continually existence, whether in embodiment or out of embodiment, the soul continues on. Mm-hmm. The threefold flame is ignited at birth, which is literally the power that beats your heart and is is the focus of light of God um, in you. And that's in the secret chamber of the heart. Secret chamber of your heart, which is not a physical place, but a spiritual place within your heart chakra. But it does have attributes of flame. I mean, it's something that you it's could fire. physically experience. You know, fire. It's like Jesus, like the... On the road to Emmaus, you know, where the, the disciples felt the fire in their hearts. It was the spiritual fire that you feel when you pursue God 
and are close to him. What is the actual dimension of the threefold flame as we understand it now? Well, we have been taught by the masters that most people, their threefold flame is one-sixteenth of an inch tall. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's a reason for that. You know, when people lived eight or 900 years in the Old Testament, it was because their threefold flame was so large that literally they could sustain physical life that long. But what happened was when people lived lot that long, they made a lot of karma. In other words, they got into to ruts and patterns of behavior, you know, that repeated themselves for hundreds of years. And yeah. so the masters reduced the size of the flame, shortened the lifespan of people on earth, so they couldn't make too much karma. And if they did get off in the wrong direction, their lifespan would be shortened, so they'd have to come back. Um, and, and again, new opportunity to, to balance that. But I want to mention just an example of what it can be. Jesus, when he was uh, walked the earth, his threefold flame was larger than his body. Wow. So if it were one sixteenth and Jesus was there, you can see where we need to go. That's a big flame. Well, for our listeners who may not be familiar with this concept of the threefold flame, we're talking about a love, which is the pink plume of the flame, wisdom, which is the yellow plume, and power, which is the blue plume. These three work together, hopefully in balance. But we all know that some of us have a little bit more of one than another. And part of the ascension process is to balance this threefold flame. Absolutely. So we do try to bring up the lowest flame of the three. And so sometimes, even though you may have a skill that is very easy and comes naturally to you, um, say it's in music or um, science or healing or so forth, um, but God says, you know, that's wonderful you have that, but in this lifetime, this is I want you to learn how to use power. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to make you a manager or a leader so that you can learn that and raise up that flame within your heart. So we mm-hmm. want to be attuned to where God leads us and shows us. Well, in terms of the concept we've been speaking of today, keeping on the path, staying on the path, that the threefold flame is something that can do that for us. I mean, as we develop these various attributes, the power, the wisdom, and the love, that will also help us to sustain our momentum and our constancy on the path. Absolutely. As the flame increases in our hearts, it gives us greater ability, greater access to God and to his light. And God will increase that as we demonstrate and prove that we can use his energy properly. We won't squander it. We won't lose it in a fit of anger or uh, any way misuse it. And as, you know, as we do that, God will give us more power, more energy, more light. Mm-hmm. Well, and as, as the, uh, during the interview with Elizabeth Claire Provitt, as we demonstrate our ability to hold on to the gifts that we have been given, then we receive more. We get entrusted with more. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we've got to take a short break here, but when we return, we will continue our discussion of the soul, the spiritual path, and our ultimate destination with Sidney Bennett. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. 
Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we're back for more discussion of the soul and the consequences of our spiritual decisions with Sidney Bennett. Now, you know, before the last break, we were talking about the soul. And in my own mind, it kind of raises this question because I'm kind of interested in the topic of this. What is the dark night of the soul? Well, the dark night of the soul is a teaching that I think originated with St. John of the Cross, um, where it happens at a certain time of your spiritual evolution, God seems to withdraw from you. A cloud comes over the sun, over your I am presence, and the intimacy, the feeling you had with God that was there before is suddenly gone. And St. John of the Cross taught, and other Christian mystics have taught that as, this as well, is that there does come a point when God does withdraw, and we must demonstrate the attainment that we have, that we have garnered, the light that we have garnered in our being that is separate from coming directly from God. And of course, Jesus went through this on the cross when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In other words, he was in the dark night of the spirit at that time, obviously, because God had withdrawn. And so it's something all the saints go through. And I think, Tom, it's very important when one embarks on a spiritual path that we have the right expectations. You know, when I was first pursuing God, I thought it was a life of meditation and, you know, the bliss of God and oh, the, yeah. the spiritual, you know, the music and the trees and all this stuff. <laughs> and of course, that's part of it. But it, the real path is a day-to-day testing. It's a plan for each soul to get where we need to go. And it's hard, you know. But yep. but then life is hard. Let's face it. You don't <laughs> climb the highest mountain, um, you know, by going for a Sunday afternoon stroll. And so realize there will be periods of dryness on your spiritual path. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that his will is not working you. It doesn't mean there's not a plan for you. But it's a time when you do have to keep on keeping on and be constant in your service, your devotion, and by and by, the cycle will turn, and you will feel that light and that presence of God again. Well, and you raise a very good point about being prepared for what's coming. If we know ahead of time that we're likely to face this particular test, maybe many tests, but the dark night of the soul in particular, that would allow us at least the opportunity to not just jump off the path and go, it's not working for me, God's deserting exactly. me. And, you know. Exactly. In other words, I've done my part, God hasn't done his. Yeah. You know? I mean, we get that thought sometimes. So study, study the lives of the saints. Study the lives of the ascended masters. We have many books on these. See what they went through. We will go through the same things. But there is one difference. We have the violet flame, which can transmute karma, can, can clear away much of the weight and burden we carry. But we do have to walk in the footsteps of Jesus through the, the resurrection, the ascension, the crucifixion. Now, I don't mean, obviously, a physical crucifixion, but a test and the testing. But embrace these. Welcome these. This is the way we're going to get home. Yeah. And keep that. Keep on keeping on. And don't let get don't get discouraged. Don't let the seeming failure of your efforts keep you from going forward. 
And it's the way you're going to get there. Well, and, and the there, the thing that we're really after is achieving our ascension. Right. Which we all have the opportunity to do. Exactly. Right? And this is the greatest goal on this planet mm-hmm. of any person on this planet can have. So naturally, it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some love. It's going to take some humility. It's going to take some service. And when you add the science of the spoken word, the use of the violet flame and the other calls we have, it's like a, a booster rocket to get you there. And, and again, getting back to opportunity, which we talked about, we have opportunity in time and space. When was the last time on this planet this knowledge was available? It's been a very, very long time. <laughs> very long time. So, you know, knowledge not used is sin in one sense. And so if we have the knowledge, it's wonderful. But unless we use it, it's not going to do us any good. You know, I know I ask this question a lot. We've discussed this a lot in previous programs. And I have to kind of guard myself against getting a little bit irritated about this. But it does kind of bother me that if, in fact, the ascension is the ultimate goal of life, then why haven't we heard more about it? <laughs> that is a pretty good question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, you know, Jesus did teach about this path. And, of course, we know that his teachings have been changed and much has been left out of the uh, New Testament in terms of what Jesus did and said. And so we have to look within. And the masters have had to find another way to get this teaching to the people. And that, of course, is through the teachings of the Ascended Masters, going back to the IM movement in the 30s in the United States and now continuing with the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Mm-hmm. It, it's a truth that is been kept from us because once we have this understanding and understand the goal, then the fallen ones are going to lose their power over us. When they lose their power over us, they won't get the light that God gives us and their very existence is threatened. So you can see why they're so anxious to stop these teachings from going forward. Their their days are numbered. Indeed. Okay, well, in the last segment, we were talking a bit about the importance of asking directly for the assistance of the angels and ascended masters as we travel the spiritual path. But we mustn't forget that we already have tremendous allies within. Let's talk about these essential allies. Well, you know, Jesus taught the kingdom of God is within us. Well, what does that mean exactly? Well, from the teachings of the Senate Masters, we have our I am presence, which is the individualized God presence of God with each one of us. And then we have the mediator, which is our Christ self, which is personified as Jesus. You know, we can talk to our Holy Christ self as our best friend, as our helper, as our aid, and ask for his intercession in our lives. And I think this is an important concept to understand. Jesus became the Christ mm-hmm. as he became one with his Christ self. And that, of course, is our goal. You know, it's your voice of conscience. And you know what happens to your voice of conscience? If you don't listen to it, <laughs> it goes away. It yeah. withdraws. And that's what your Holy Christ self will. But if you try and do the best, when you listen to your Holy Christ self, then it will become more and more present with you and give you the guidance and direction you need. Yeah, well, you know, it might be simplistic to say, but you use it or lose it. Well, exactly. And, you know, your soul is yearning to be free. And your soul is in pain. Our souls are in pain when we're not pursuing God. It's as simple as that. Use the tools we've given. And, the you know, you don't have to go anywhere else but within if you don't want to. God is within you. Your Holy Christ self, your I am presence, your I am that I am can be your guides. Yeah, well, coming back to my um, habitual axe to grind here, just as we earlier, um, when asked the question as to why we weren't raised with the knowledge of the ascension, you know, we must also ask why we hear little or nothing about personal Christhood. You know, this knowledge has been unfortunately preempted and co-opted, and otherwise we might have been able to go home to the heart of God a long time ago. You know, what's going on? 
You know, this is the tragedy of the mission of Jesus, is the misinterpretation. And it's more than a misinterpretation. It's a willful changing of the true teachings of Jesus. This concept of original sin, that we're sinners from the beginning, which is a hmm. lie. We've oh. all sinned, but we're not sinners by nature. How could we? God is within us. We're in his image. And the second thing is that Jesus was the exception rather than the rule. And what a tragedy that that teaching has been distorted in Orthodox Christianity, that people are denied the knowledge that they have the potential to become the Christ. It doesn't mean we have the same attainment as Jesus, but it means we can walk that same path. We can He can be our elder brother, which he wants to be, and take our hands and help us. And this is the tragedy of the Christian era, is that more people don't understand that, because the world would be a different place, Tom, as we've <laughs> talked about, if people knew the truth. Well, indeed, in, a, in the spirit of full disclosure, I must say that I was once completely and willingly immersed in the orthodoxy of which, you know, in which I was raised, you know, Catholic, as I said earlier, in other words, I believed what I was taught. I was faithful, obedient, and loyal. I, I remember feeling pushed and pushed, spiritual reality began expanding. And I think I can speak for both of us when I say that what I want everyone listening to know is there is no intentional judgment in the beliefs or positions that we share, except perhaps as it pertains to the fallen one. You know, there's many great souls of light in every religion. And even though the uh, orthodoxy or the uh, current teachings of that religion may not be exactly right. I mean, look at the Catholic Church. There's some very precious, devoted, dear souls in that. And look at the history of the saints that come out of the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. And in every religion, this is true. So, you know, we don't judge a book by its cover. The Master sponsored people in every religion, but they want them to have the full truth yeah. because it limits them. They can't go where they need to go. Many times a soul doesn't make their ascension simply because they haven't had the violet flame. They're sincere, they're devout, they love, but they have a certain amount of karma that hasn't been balanced. And because they haven't had the violet flame, they haven't been able to get there. So it's the missing ingredient. You don't have to join our church or our path, but if you use the violet flame wherever you are, it will change your path and change the opportunity and the, 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 where you will go in this lifetime in terms of your progress. Well, bottom line, you know, keep climbing, keep striving and aspiring. Your journey is ultimately one that will deliver you to the summit of being. And, you know, though you may be sorely tempted, resist the temptation <laughs> to become impatient. God has waited a very long time for us. Yeah. Your ascension probably won't happen overnight, but you need to start now. Yeah, and slow and steady wins the race, as they say. So we must keep on keeping on despite missteps and delays. And as we often say, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. That's not just figuratively true, it is literally true. So stay on the path. You've got a lot of company and a lot of support, and God is waiting. Indeed. Well, I think it's probably time we signed off. Another hour has simply flown by. Thank you, Sydney, again for your participation in this. Always helpful, always a wonder to just listen to you uh, expound on these things. I really appreciate it. And as we sign off today again, we perhaps have a little prayer to share. Sydney, would you like to? All to our Heavenly Father and our Heavenly Mother now to guide us on our spiritual road home, to help us use the knowledge we've been given and help us to win the victory that we are destined to win by God's grace. By Amen. God's grace. And remember once again, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are indeed out, out of, of this, this world. world. Be blessed, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.